Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. We are broadcasting right now live, the DNB Live with video on Rumble and the DNB XR Live with video exclusively for Rockfin subscribers on rockfin.com slash propaganda report. But if you aren't a Rockfin subscriber and you're listening to this, you might be a patron and Patriot. Patrons should uh, know that tomorrow for all party level patrons is a disappearing patron party. The first Friday of the month, we do a disappearing patron party for friends of the show, patrons of the truth, patron saints, anybody at a party level tier, uh, five o'clock Pacific, eight o'clock Eastern on Friday. So we've got that going for us. And now on to our top story of the day. You ready, Binkley? I'm sorry to spring that on you when you've got a little bit of producing to do as we go live is it bruce willis is that the top story yes it's uh, right there okay all right yeah i got it let me make sure this is, we're live here on rockfin okay i can we can i can go first if you want i got it i got it right here all right so you probably saw in the news yesterday that bruce willis has stepped down from acting there was a announcement made by his family i think it was on instagram saying that he's going to be stepping away because he has aphasia and it's affecting his cognitive abilities. Now, this was all over the news yesterday, and it continues to be in the headlines again today. Aphasia, according to the American Speech Language Hearing Association, they say that people with aphasia can have problems finding words, use words out of order, speak in choppy, halting manner, or use short fragment fragments of speech. They can even make up nonsense words and sprinkle those into their speech and writing. And it really affects their ability to get the communication, the message out that is in their head. So they might know what they're trying to say in their head, but it often doesn't come out right. If you want to see an example of it, Michael Hayden, the former head of the CIA, he and NSA, he has aphasia and they still bring him out to do propaganda interviews on CBS. So you can look that up, type in Michael Hayden aphasia, and you will see an example of what aphasia is. Now, aphasia is usually caused by a stroke, but it can be caused by other things as well. So they say that it can also be caused by a tumor, a head injury, or just any other damage to the language centers of the brain or an infection or Alzheimer's can cause it. And the media seems to be hinting that Bruce Willis's aphasia has developed over time, maybe hinting at Alzheimer's as being the cause because they are rolling out stories in the LA Times about how People on set were alarmed about some of Bruce Willis's actions, saying that they had to cut his lines down because he wasn't able to remember and, and repeat them. And as saying that this wasn't the Bruce Willis that they remember. And even at one point, somebody said that he misfired a gun on set that was loaded with, bl- oh with a blank, God. which if that is uh, a, a result of aphasia, then Alec Baldwin has a defense. Aphasia yeah. must be what Alec Baldwin I mean, Baldwin obviously has. that, I mean, that seems untrue, but that yes, they're adding it, it to the list. It's an opportunistic propaganda, yes. as I call it. A- absolutely. And they are trying to establish, in my opinion, that it wasn't the vaccine. That's that exactly 
what I thought about Dave Grohl and his deafness. I was like, oh, I finally come out of the closet about my deafness, which has been emerging over years and years and years. Yeah. And it's like, well, there was no hint of it before. And now all of a sudden it actually has been going on for years. I actually hadn't even thought of the Vax connection with that until Antarctica posted it on our locals feed. I was like, duh. Oh, the first thing that I looked up when I saw yeah. the story yesterday is I typed in vaccine and yeah. COVID vaccine induced aphasia. And the yeah. first thing that popped up in the Google Scholar <laughs> debunked that Bruce Willis. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. The first thing that popped up from the, the National Library of Medicine, which is a, a medical paper, and this was published in December of 2021. And this is the only I just did very cursory research on this. So if this one came up this easy, there's going to be a lot more as well. Again, December 2021, and it's titled Aphasia, seven days after second dose of of an mRNA-based SARS-CoV-2 vaccine. And the study found that though rare, neurological side effects of the vaccines are increasingly reported. Even if the first dosage goes uncomplicated, the second dose may be complicated by severe adverse reactions, as in the following case. So in none of these stories do they mention that aphasia has been identified as a rare vaccine-induced side effect. I don't know if that's what he asked. It might be. It might not be rare, but they are trying to definitely steer your attention away from that possibility. And also back in 2021 during an interview, because you also have to ask, is Bruce Willis vaccinated? He said during an interview, yes, I am vaccinated. But I must say, if I could be kind of uh, enough to say I didn't want to do it willingly. So he did not get vaccinated willingly. He must have felt he had to for his career purposes. And. Now he has aphasia, which is a rare side effect that's been identified. Is there a connection there? I don't know. But it's probably there's as much or more evidence that there's a connection to the vaccine than there is a connection to a misfire of a blank on set <laughs> yeah. a couple of years ago. Well, uh, speaking of big pharma and the media dishonesty, did you see the latest? I, I have to ha- give a hat tip to Nacho Sleeve, but I also saw it after he tweeted it at us, Dr. Hill and Midwestern doctor on Substacks about how Pfizer is coming out with an alopecia medicine, which you were thought maybe something like that in the works and that they sponsored the Grammys. I did not know they sponsored the Grammys that. Yeah. I mean, of course, of course, they sponsored. The of Grammys. course, they sponsored the Grammys. I mean, <laughs> obviously, they spon- you know, whatever the, Big Pharma yeah, the has to sponsor everything. Right. But, no, that yeah. makes that makes sense. They have focused a lot of attention on the aphasia aspect of it and alopecia. Alopecia, excuse me. <laughs> now I'm getting yes, I'm you're getting aphasia. So the there were a couple of other things in the substacks that I was looking at. It was Hill, an American uh, or a Midwestern doctor, and there was another one. I I forgot which one it was, but uh, that had a tweet of somebody who said my husband was in security and they told them that there was something going to happen with Chris Rock and Will Smith and ignore it. The producers had okayed it. That was something someone tweeted, which that I mean, if I were her husband, I would not be psyched about that. Uh, Pfizer just ramped up the marketing for their alopecia drug the week before. Now, this is not stuff that I investigated myself. This is people who I have found to be credible who have published this themselves. And um, uh, so that, so the, the surprise there is that it wasn't for ratings. It was for the drug thing, because for ratings, it would be something that would happen in advance. And that makes sense. Uh, now, I don't know if the joke itself would have been enough to raise awareness. Sounds like the joke was kind of subtle and that it only is really getting the press because of what happened. So I think that has to you have to assume that it was totally staged and not just Chris Rock on his own and, you know, whatever devil may care what happens from there. 
Uh, well, yeah, so, you're right because people didn't know she had aphasia until the conversation alopecia. afterwards. Alopecia, geez, yeah. alopecia. Thank you. Yes, yeah, no, I didn't know that. She might not. Yeah. She might not. I had alopecia areata once from stress, and it just it goes away eventually. But anyway, they did try to give me a bunch of drugs, and I was like, "What are these for?" And they're like, "Why are you?" The doctor literally said, "Why do you want to know?" And I was like, <laughs> Why do I want to know? Just take them. So in the Midwestern Doctors Substack, it said alopecia is an autoimmune disease and a common side effect of COVID and COVID vaccines. So then I was thinking there's so many things that are a common side effect or, or rare side effects of the vaccines and they enhance comorbidities and the COVID itself does, which I think is a bioweapon. I don't think there's a disconnect there. But I, I'm wondering, am I too cynical to think that Let's just take the vaccines, for example, the vaccines, which enhance those comorbidities. That's a feature, not a bug, because then they create a lifetime of uh, of systemic illness, of terminal illness, of chronic illness that will require a lifetime of pharma that you couldn't actually be that sick in the state of nature. So that was one thing. And uh the articles that I read are interesting and I put them in the show notes and they're just chock full of real details, real medical details, which you're really not getting anywhere else. I don't know how long Substack's going to last, but that seems to be a place where doctors are allowed to tell their doctory truths. Um, but there was another on the flip side, like how bad the FDA is. I've never thought it was necessary. Now I see that it is weaponized in that it gives you a false sense of security and I used to use the example that if there was no FDA, then CVS or drug rules or any like that, CVS would, for example, would have a reputation to uphold and there would be Yelp type reviews of it. And if you if you if they offered a drug testing service that they said, we don't we don't sell anything that we think is bad or if there were tort law where they sold something bad, they could get sued for it and you could get damages that would have some valid credibility impact on CVS, but instead you have the FDA making rules and you trust them. Well, CVS and other people, but CVS just was involved in a $500 million settlement with Florida, which was in the news today. And it was for Florida. Say now the Florida details, I didn't actually see in the article. I, um, there were uh, details in Ohio where they lost and they seem to be using the same argument. So I'm going to guess it's the same issue, which was they didn't do enough to keep illegal or fraudulent prescriptions from being filled. And CVS is saying we did try as hard as we could to not fill illegal prescriptions, but they did in any case, they did settle. They said it was not an admission of guilt. They didn't do anything wrong and they followed all federal and state guidelines. And I believe they did follow federal and state guidelines. And it's kind of like the tax issues. Like people say we have to pay more taxes than, than, than are due because billionaires don't pay enough or whatever. You're really not, you don't have to be holier than the church. And when they put all these rules and regulations in place that keep you from making money in another way that requires that maybe you would have approached with integrity, but you can't because of the regulatory rules, when the regulatory rules clearly define what you're supposed to do, I, it, it seems to me that that should be enough. And what really bothers me about this suit is that that $500 million is going to the state. The state says it increases their medical, you know, their costs of welfare, their costs of this, their costs of that. But what about the, who, who were injured? Who was injured by this? And do those people have a right to sue? Was there any injury? The real purpose of tort law, the real purpose of holding a company accountable to those kind of standards is that 
people don't get hurt. And if they get hurt, they should be motivated to pursue it. And probably individuals can't pursue it because the defense would be we followed the regulatory guidelines, like just like the American Medical Association, their guidelines are a defense for a doctor being sued for malpractice. I feel like the actual, uh, you know, if real damages were done, real people should be getting the money and they're not. And I think it's a moral hazard that states will throw the book at you. And here's the settlement. They say they're totally innocent and they're paying five. $100 $100 million to Florida because they have the power of the their attorney general to just uh, pursue these suits. And my guess is CVS is not domiciled in Florida. Very interesting. Something you said at the beginning there about the, the hair loss. There was a headline on Drudge today that says pandemic receding and so are men's hairlines. And, and it's related I clicked on it and the link is dead. It's to the Wall Street hmm. Journal and it says pandemic balding is back. And then they must have removed the story from the Wall Street Journal. There is another article on the Wall Street Journal from March 24th about stress related hair loss and alopecia in women, which I stress. I yes, the, that's why what happened to me. Stress for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. So we've been talking about deep face a little bit lately and LinkedIn apparently is also flooded with deep fakes as deep fakes continue to rise in the information war, war worldwide. Apparently, some researchers at the Stanford Internet Observatory, they found more than a thousand fake accounts with generated images in just a span of a couple of weeks on LinkedIn. And the head researcher that noticed this, you're going to recognize this name. Her na- name oh, is Renee it's, Darista. Yeah, because it reads... It's- that guy reads. Link, yeah, his, LinkedIn is his thing. And that's right. A great point. I didn't even make that connection. Renee Drista was involved in a lot of the Russia hoax. She was one of the authors of the Senate report on Russian interference and all the fake news stuff back in like 2017 or wherever when they when they published that. And what they said. But she was, was the she was involved in the new knowledge scam. Yes, exactly. Which yeah. what's that guy's name? Reed. Reed Hoffman. Reed Hoffman is the LinkedIn founder who bankrolled the scam that kept Roy Moore from winning his election in Arkansas or Alabama. Alabama, yeah. It's, it's, and this it was is admitted. Seat. Yeah, hmm? this stuff is admitted that he yeah. did a number of operations where they created fake bots, they created fake Russian profiles. They blamed it, blamed it on Russia, and they're supposed right. to be the experts on Russian bots, and they're the only Russian bots I've ever actually Exactly, they're the only actual ones, and then they wrote the Senate report yeah. on Russian interference. It's so, all a big scam. Okay, so obviously this there's something very scammy about that mm-hmm. you're about to tell us. So their LinkedIn was flooded with deepfakes. So we know Reid Hoffman owns LinkedIn, and his um, little insider, CIA agent or whatever, is really Jarista. So right. it was inundated with deflate We have to assume that he knew that and that yeah. they actually did it themselves. Okay. Now yes. tell us and the story. this is what they tell us in the article. They say that the fake profiles, they weren't just coming from one company that more than 70 businesses had enlisted the help of fake profiles, though they may not have known that they were doing it. And the researchers say that some of some of them may have hired outside marketing companies to help with sales that may have created a, the AI generated 
profiles without authorization. And then the article shifts to saying AI generated faces have spread lies for Russia and pushed anti-Western propaganda. And recent reports show that they also perform the comparatively innocuous yet pervasive task of pestering LinkedIn users for sales or promotional purposes. I think that this is signaling this deep fake, the dog that isn't barking, the deep fake cyber attack from Russia that is going to happen. And I, I think this is telling us right here that we just can't trust these various actors on these various platforms because deep fakes are now going to be invading from Russia. I think that's what we're being primed for. Yes, absolutely. If it's coming from those people, it is definitely a psyop being floated uh -huh. out there for sure. Yeah. Because they had some articles too about how see about how China maybe China also bringing deep fakes how China gets their disinformation on LinkedIn on Facebook and on TikTok and so they're kind of starting to weave all of these little disinfo narratives between China and Russia together and bring it home to the homeland as opposed to it just being over in Ukraine and Russia. Hmm. Uh, all right. So remember the other day when I was saying like uh, we were talking about it maybe yesterday that we bring these. We get way ahead of things, and uh, it looks when you go yeah. back that it was obvious at the time. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if I use my example, but my number one example, I don't think I mentioned yesterday, my number one example is Uber. That one time I was sitting there and I was like, oh my gosh, Uber totally hijacked New York and San Francisco in a way that nobody could ever do to up overturn the medallion scam and gypsy cabs would get thousand dollar fines and they acted like they couldn't stop them. They definitely could stop them. There could be a cop on every street corner and they could have stopped every Uber. They did it with gypsy cabs. They absolutely could have, but they didn't. Someone got to the politicians with more power than the medallions, which was a lot on. It was unachievable before. And then all of a sudden there was an article. Uh, there was a case in California where the, where Uber's employees were being considered employees and not just gig workers or subcontractors. I was like, wow, that's really bad for Uber. That's weird because Uber doesn't even make any money. And if they were that powerful, then how could they be get cut off at the knees? And it just occurred to me and like, uh, hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, because drivers aren't a part of the Uber model. And I think I might have even have looked at that and thought like Uber never makes any money. The only way they ever make money is if they can do it without drivers. And they would be on the long game like Amazon, like just never make any money until something happens. Like with Amazon, they're the only retailer or the world gets shut down or whatever. And in this case, so I started, I write this article in February of 2016, Uber, Uber, Alice or whatever it was. And just saying like, I, it, this is going to be Johnny Cab from Total Recall. And so you used to I, talk about this. Yeah. All the time. yeah. And, and, but that was before like people, it was just like an aha moment. And now everyone's like, well, obviously it's like, no, it was not obvious. It was not obvious. It was six years ago. It was not obvious. Uber was just hitting the scene and I just couldn't understand the model at all. There had to have been something missing. And I was reading an article today that Waymo, which is Google's driverless car thingy, company division, which was established in 2017. So it really was not an obvious answer in 2016. That was established in 2017 that they are entering the streets of San Francisco. Their rides are free and available to only uh, Waymo employees. It's been in Phoenix for a couple of years already, but that's considered much less challenging. They feel like it's going to be a bigger deal. But they literally called it a robo-taxi service. I mean, they they really are going to have to call a Johnny Cab at some point. But uh, GM's 
Cruise, that's General Motors has a division called Cruise. They recently started offering free driverless cars in San Francisco as well. And they have applied for a permit to charge. Now, we don't know if Waymo has applied for that permit yet. But the important point about the driverless cars and Uber, and I'm actually surprised that the pandemic brought or the lockdown, not the pandemic, the lockdown uh, actually disserved Uber. It actually brought Uber and those ride sharing. They're, they're more expensive. They're harder to find. They're less good than they were. Maybe they'll come back completely. I don't know. But the whole problem with so Uber, the way Bitcoin is a transition to the, the cashless society, while, I, while I've always been cautious about that. Uh, similarly, Uber, which I love, it'll end drunk driving if it really gets to take off or comes back with a vengeance. The problem is it's a it's a um, transition to a a carless society, an autonomy free society. So the old Gerald Salenti line of guns, gold and a getaway. Obviously, they're after the guns. The gold is like no more money, no more cash, no more gold to the point where it's not. It's totally digital. And then the getaway would be your own vehicle. So they don't want you to have gasoline. You need to be on an electric grid because they can unplug you from that. Being off the grid means being immobile. And then if you have a driverless car, driverless electric vehicle, you're not going to own a driverless car. That's not the model. The, the model isn't that it's going to be in your driveway. It's going to be just circling the streets like trolleys or whatever. Maybe not, but that's my understanding of it. And that's the problem with this. Is that That's how they work all, now. The ones that are t- testing out and retailers do that, what you just said. Yeah, I would think it would be the first move. And, and maybe the idea is that you would own one eventually, but I don't think you're ever going to own one. And I think that that's the problem because it's all about that, uh, you know, being in the sustainable city without any fossil fuels and you're really going to have no out. And that's, that's a problem. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to blackpill, but we have to I observe that everything is leading towards that highly controlled society that Brzezinski wrote about 50 years ago. And I would think that what Biden announced today, where he invoked the defense production act for EV batteries Thank for electricity, yeah, electronic. <laughs> I know. It's. Uh, I was watching that speech, and I'm like, this sounds a lot like Trump's speech yeah. from a couple of years ago. I believe yeah. even he even talked about stimulus to help relieve the pressure of the gas prices at the pump. I'm like, this is just a repeat of the COVID. Yeah, yeah. I still think they're going to have uh, some price controls, but on gas, whatever. Yeah. Well, there's been a groundbreaking hire at a major news station that is not being presented as a groundbreaking hire at all because it was Fox News who did it and not not one of the other networks. Fox News has hired Caitlyn Jenner as a contributor. Caitlyn, formerly Bruce Jenner, is transgender. And the Fox News CEO did say in a statement that Caitlin's story is an inspiration. She's a trailblazer in the LGBTQ community, and her story illustrates her, her illustrious career spans a variety of fields that will be tremendous asset for our audience. Now, here's how this is being reported. It's being reported as Fox News hires Caitlyn Jenner. That's the headline on every liberal site. And then it says – you know, but the hiring comes in the wake of the network's personalities targeting the Walt Disney Company for its opposition to a Florida law that bans classroom discussion on sexual orientation and gender identity, dubbed the "Don't Say Gay" law, even though it's not called that. The media it doesn't is, even say the word "gay." No, it doesn't the say that, film. and the they film. are 
Yeah, and there was an actor who made a video speaking to DeSantis yesterday saying, you call it the don't say gay law, and he's just cussing them out, and he doesn't call it that. It's amazing propaganda. But what's interesting here, I thought, is if this had happened at CNN, MSNBC, or really any other network that is not leaning right, the story would have been groundbreaking transgender hired at major network, fill in the blank, whatever the network is, and the individuality would be taken out of it. So it made me they think that feel about Rachel Maddow. That's true. I guess she was grandfathered in or he was <laughs> grandfathered kidding. in. Sorry, yeah. is that a bad no, I love that joke, actually. I always get Rachel Maddow and Stephen Colbert confused. They seem yes, like the same exactly. person to me quite often. So it strips if you are a transgender or you are in the LGBTQ community and you are hired by someone on the right, then all of a sudden the left will acknowledge your individuality. You are suddenly an individual. You are not just a stereotype. However, if you are hired by uh, someone on the left and you are LGBTQ or trans, then you are not an individual. They will not recognize not like your individuality. It was not a, a victory for African-Americans that like Clarence Thomas was on the Supreme Court. It was he's like a race traitor. Yeah. It's, yeah. So in order to be have your individuality recognized, yes, you sure. have to be hired or do something. Sarah Palin. Right. Sarah yeah. Palin. That was groundbreaking. She was the uh, totally female VP. And they just. And- that is what it gets down to when it comes to the way that they use the LGBTQT or whatever community that they clump all together as one. Yeah. They don't differentiate at all is the individuality of the person. The uniqueness of that individual is a problem to them. So they're not going to highlight that because that is not what the agenda is trying to serve. Agenda is trying to serve that broader stereotype that puts money in their pockets to fundraisers and helps them push their agenda. So I, I that's just. I'm like, oh, wow, they see Caitlin as an individual, but Leah, Tom- yes. Leah Thompson or Thomas, a swimmer, that's just a representative of the trans community. Yeah. So before we get to our deepest dive of the day, where I try my best to get to the bottom of Elon Musk, not easy, but I did crack a code or two along the way. I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR, the greatest Quora question of all time. I think you're and- going to like this one. I'm going to like it. Yeah, was you it like Jordan these Peterson Quora question? questions. Yeah, this is a different one. Oh, they're so awful. Was it? Is it Jordan Peterson? No. Okay, because you know that's how he got his start. Um, and is there a housing bubble brewing? Well, we'll that, the answer to that might be obvious, but it might not. So tune into the XR for that. And of course, it is Thursday is actually True Hemp Science Day. So I am happy today to bring you a word from our sponsor that their gummy product, which is organic and vegan real gummies, they contain organic 100% hemp derived full spectrum hemp oil and 1.5 milligrams of THC, which is less than the 0.3% federal guidelines. So you can buy it anywhere. Uh, They come in two sizes, 12 and 60 count jar, and they are great for rest, golfing, relaxation, before sleep, or to help cope with the nightly news. That's what I use it for. Uh, You can use the promo code PROPREPORT and order, uh, if you order $99 worth of goods from True Ham Science, you will receive a free 222 milligram bottle of new number 33 CBD oil. I haven't met one of Chris's numbered CBD oils that I have not liked. They are really, there could no quality exceeds theirs. That is for sure. And type in the comment just so you know for sure that you're a friend of the show, Propaganda Report. And if you want to 
support us, support our sponsors. If you want to support us directly, you can do that. You can donate. You could subscribe. You can go to thepropreport.com. You can buy a t-shirt or you can get something for your subscriber buck getting all of the XR material as well as some exclusive features on every one of our three platforms, patreon.com slash propaganda report, properreport.locals.com or rockfin.com slash propaganda report, which we are right at this moment live streaming with video the entire DNB XR on Rockfin. So you could be watching this for an hour live and video if you had Rockfin. And with that, on to the last big story of the 3.30 and the deepest dive of the day. I'm not sure how deep a dive it is. I tried and tried. But Elon Musk is one of the, I think he's the most, his backstory is the most elusive to me. I'm really not sure. I think someone did uncover it where they said something about his you know, family history. I'm going to get to that in a second. But what caught my eye on Elon Musk today was there was an article in the Wall Street Journal that he was he and his brother Kimball are being investigated by the SEC for recent stock sales and uh, not just the stock sales based on insider trading, but their communication or his communication via Twitter, which uh, they allege violated his previous agreement with them. And he gets away with that stuff. I always marvel that he gets away with that stuff. That in itself is a flag. This guy's got an inside track that no one else is allowed to use. And the blurb said, uh, on November 6th, Musk asked his 60 million Twitter followers if he should sell some of his Tesla stock. Listen to what he said. Listen to this. It goes absolutely to my deep dive of yesterday. Much is made lately of unrealized gains being a means of tax avoidance. So I propose selling 10% of my stock. And 58% of those who responded said yes. Now, that's a little bit twisted. People don't say that you don't sell your assets because of tax avoidance. I mean, maybe you're going to go for long-term gains over short-term gains. You're going to hold on to something for a year. But beyond that, you generally make the decision you're going to make because capital gains taxes are uh, on the low side. You don't compare to what they probably will be someday. And yeah, I mean, you don't want to trigger a tax event if you don't have to, but it's really, it's really that people feel like you're richer than you are and they want you to pay taxes on it. And if you don't sell it, you don't pay the taxes. But if you don't sell it, you don't pay the taxes because those, those gains are not locked in. You could lose it all tomorrow. But as soon as I saw that, I thought, you know, he obviously wants to sell his stock. He might even have insider information that says that this is a good time to sell. And he wants to blame it on some kind of virtuous thing. And that's why he's saying that. And uh, even if it weren't based on insider information, it's a very serious signal to the market when the owner, the founder, the CEO is selling selling a lot. Now he had an opportunity to sell 10% and he wanted to sell it and he did sell it at a profit. Um, and then he's being criticized. Like he sold more than he needed to pay his taxes. It's like, that's not what he was saying. He wasn't saying, should I, like yesterday I said to you, what if you had to liquidate Ray to pay taxes on the gain, even if you didn't, um, even if it then went down the next day after you sold that, the rest of your stuff, you, you wouldn't have had that kind of gain. It's not that, that he said he was doing. He wasn't saying, I don't, I need to sell it for my taxes. You wouldn't have to take a poll for that. You would just have to do it. But what he was saying was out of, uh, you know, to placate 
the critics. So the SEC is saying that he, that's what was my reaction first out of the bat and out of the gate. And the SEC is saying they're being accused of selling it based on insider stuff. So I think that I may have been onto something, but here's some little information in October. This is right before that. That was in November. The company reached a market cap of a trillion dollars. This is Tesla. It's the sixth company to do so in U.S. history. Um, and then after more than three and a half million Twitter accounts supported the sale, he would have done it anyway. Musk sold seven billion dollars of Tesla stock. Uh, and a total of $16 billion by the end of the year, reaching the 10% target. $16 billion. Wow. Uh, okay. So that was that. But I want to find the smoking gun as to where this guy came from, where he just started making money hand over fist from a young age. I could not find it. His father had an emerald emerald mine. Um, and I'll just tell you a little bit about his backstory and a little bit about his dad. And maybe people can fill in the blanks. Maybe, you know, Binkley. Uh, so he went to Canada to avoid the draft in South Africa, where he grew up. He landed at Penn, which I believe is the Ivy League school in Pennsylvania with a BA. in I think it was economics or business and a BS in physics in 1995. I think it was around 24. Maybe he ex was accepted into a Ph.D. program at Stanford, but he dropped out after two days to take advantage of the Internet boom. And he after started two days, two days. That's what it says. I mean, who knows if he even showed up? It says uh, he started then after that a company zip Two with his brother, Kimball. That was acquired by Compaq for three hundred million in nineteen ninety nine. Now, uh, he didn't make three. He walked away, I think, from tw with twenty two million from that. But twenty two million dollars. It was young. The same year Musk co-founded. So in 1999, he co-founded. This is where I started thinking it's sketchy. He co-founded a, a company, an online bank called X.com, where he wanted to provide all the services of a bank online. And he had a federal charter to do it. And I my joke is why when I got fired when me and all the women who I worked with got fired out of an office, a, a banking office, we totally thought it was a sexist move. Why did we would have just gone across the street and and started Chick Bank? We work harder for less, but we couldn't because we didn't have a charter. And you're not getting a charter. You're not getting a bank charter. So he got a bank charter at that age, and he was a draft dodger from another country. He had a Canadian citizenship, and before that, South African. Like that, those dots have to be filled in for me. And I and I believe there was some funding by Sequoia Capital, which ha has is mostly foreign. So I could not get to the, you know, the InQtel, the CIA thing I was looking for. Um, but that company was merged with Confinity in 2000 to form PayPal. And it was really just to get them XCOM out of the market. And uh, that was later bought by eBay in 2002 for a billion dollars. Maybe that's the thing he only made $22 million out of. He didn't really make... Uh, a ton of money out of that, but he did get his start. Okay. Yeah. It was 22 out of the zip two and it was 176 million out of the PayPal thing. That's a lot for a company that was really just bought to get out of the way. Then in 2002, he founded SpaceX. Can you believe that? 2002, 20 years ago. That seems weird. I think he was on the cover of time magazine, maybe with Jeff Bezos at that time, because I remember them doing a follow up to that like eight to 15 years later 
a few years ago. Hmm. I think I remember that correctly. Well, this says that he, he had some initial failures and then got a huge NASA contract. So that was weird. He, you know, finagled his way into Tesla back in the day. He now, of course, as you know, is involved in Neuralink. And um, he founded that in 2016 to integrate yeah. the human brain with artificial intelligence. That's the singularity, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, open AI, I didn't really look into that. Uh, but the boring company, the boring company, do you know what they do? The boring company? Absolutely nothing. Are they just boring? No, they bore tunnels. Oh, they don't so they bore make you to death. Tunnels. They, tunnels. Yeah. they make tunnels. Oh, he wants to make a, a road underneath Los Angeles. Hyperloop. I remember talking about that. Yeah, yeah, he wants, but, 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 um, like the thing that you get when you go to the bank, it's like hermetically sealed, whatever. It's like, where you, did you ever put that tube in the bank and it goes, yeah, it shoots it down? Yeah, I think I love that's that thing. the principle, <laughs> but it would be like six billion dollars and. It goes back and forth with whether it's going to get off the ground. I always feel but, like a kid watching that thing, just waiting for oh, it to Oh, I love go it. It's, it's so, so exciting. awesome. It's, yeah. you know, it's just fantastic <laughs> physics. Uh, so, but his father. So anyway, I looked at the pictures of his mother's father and his brother and sister. His parents both have sky blue eyes and so does his sister. He has what is described as moss green eyes. Now, green eyes can be a mutation of blue, but hazel eyes are a mutation of brown which in the simple genetics he could not be the pa the child of those parents and his father is such a hose monster it's possible that you know some some lady le left this kid on their doorstep and the wife was like okay but in any case the father fought fought this is so salacious his father fathered a child his father errol divorced uh, Elon's mother married somebody else. That woman had a couple of kids already. One of those kids, Jana, was a, I think she was borderline an adult at that time. Maybe she was totally an adult. After he divorced that second wife, he fathered a child with Jana, his stepdaughter, his ex-stepdaughter, which is, is very gross. Um, there's another secret sister who said, I'm definitely Errol's daughter and Elon's half sister. And they won't, nobody will take any kind of DNA test. They won't, don't want anything to do with her, but she just thinks they're jerks and she looks like them. They think she looks like them. Uh, but the father, Errol also, now this was another weird thing. He shot to death three intruders to his home in South Africa and got away with it based on self-defense. But I cannot find the story. I think these stories are out there. I, you know, I'm not, I have to learn how to use the deep webs because I just hit brick walls nowadays and I'm sure someone did the work, uh, but you know, good luck of finding it from searches. And then very sadly, this is absolutely tragic. In 2002, his son, his first son died of SIDS, sudden infant death uh. syndrome at 10 weeks old. So a lot of people think that those kind of deaths are vaccine related. I don't know how many vaccines they were giving to 10 week olds in 2002. I don't know. He has voiced, these are a couple of interesting things about him. He's voiced concerns about human population decline, decline, saying that Mars has zero human population and we better get working if we want to populate other planets. But, you know, most people who signed the giving pledge like he did are in favor of reducing Earth's population. So I think he's kind of BSing us on that. He, uh, his net worth in the beginning of 2020, so the beginning of lockdown, was, was $27 billion. Guess how much it was uh, by the end of that year. How much was it at the beginning? 
27 billion. 50 billion. 150 billion. Jeez, that's a good year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. what happened to those people. So he also like enragingly said that he doesn't believe the U.S. government should give subsidies. He does. He wants absolutely everything that has any kind of corporate subsidy and any kind of law just deleted. And people are like, oh, you're such a hypocrite. You got billions in subsidies to build, build your companies. And that's true. But that wasn't just PR hypocrisy, in my opinion. That's the way you keep. That's why that's the way you keep startups from entering. If the only way to be a viable company is to get subsidies and he stops subsidies, there can be no new viable entrance, which I'm sure is what the government wants anyway, because he's totally controlled. But that's how I feel about that section. What's the internet? The six, the 27 words that created the internet or whatever, section 602, or I forget what it's called. Yeah, I can't remember either. You know, what Bill Barr said was, hey, we created the internet and now these guys can stand on their own so we can shut that down. And I'm like, yes, that's how you never get any more startups, never get any more entrance. You close the door behind you after your guys have been established, they're under control and they can't make it on their own. So there's a quid pro quo where you put regulatory barriers to entry up and they keep going. So he is uh, a piece of work. He's obviously fully um, cooperating with the deep state at this point, but I have yet to find the smoking gun of how it got started. But I, my guess is it lies in that in that financial, the right to have a bank online. That thing would have been worth more than he was worth, if I had to guess. Yeah, and he does manipulate the crypto market. With his he does a lot of things that people would not be able to get away with. Yeah, all the time. I used to watch his account, and when he would tweet something, I would go look at Dogecoin or whatever crypto he's talking about and just watch it get affected by it because people would rush out to buy it because he's talking about it. Now, I don't know if there's any any legal recourse to that, but when he does it for his own stock, that's highly illegal because people who own that stock get hurt by it. That yeah, it makes yeah. the stock price go down. It can make it go up, but the thing I'm thinking of is, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars were lost by individuals, and maybe he pays a fine to the SEC. But I don't think they. Re- I never read that they restored it to the individuals who lost the money. So, yeah. if there's anyway. any of these elites that are extraterrestrials, I would say Elon Musk would be. The well, that's the candidate. thing. He has such an unusual look. I mean, he really has an unusual look. Like he has some, you know, Aboriginal or um, Asian descent, but his parents don't really look like that. And his sisters and brothers don't. And he does have that um, different eye color. But, you know, he looks enough like that. I, mean, I think he's definitely his father's son. Well, I think his brother Kimball in these pictures that came up on Google Images I think he looks like Elon Musk if Elon Musk were in a cowboy western in the 1800s. Yes. Yeah, it, it's really looking. bizarre. Yeah, yeah. But they he, have, they have kind of that eyes. eye stare. They, they, yeah, the doe eye. Yeah, just yeah. Oh, I, I don't it, know if it's a doe eye, but yeah, yeah. There's something like that going on for sure. Very interesting. All right, I think we have a shout out. No, that that. I got a shout out that was sent to us an email. Oh, okay, go uh, for it. And uh, did not want me to say the name, but. So he said that he would love if we could shout out a friend, uh, Abby. She does art and the community seems to like what she does. And, she, and he thinks that maybe uh, our community will enjoy it. So check out abbypittman.com. Check out her artwork there and see what you think about it. Abbypittman.com. So thank you for that. And that's all I got for shout out. Just outs. put it in the show notes. Yeah, I will. I'll put it in there. All right. 
Thank you, Monica. Thank you all for watching. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform of the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content Monica was telling you about, go to propreport.locals.com, patreon.com slash propaganda report, rockfin.com slash propaganda report, and check out our various offerings on each of those platforms. We will talk to you next time or in the DMBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you.